Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower. I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. And you can listen to our Warren Radio episodes on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Warren Radio is on the following platforms. Amazon Prime Music in Podcast, Spreaker, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Spotify, Anchor, and Pocket Cast. And do not miss the featured posts this week of our in-depth biblical articles and radio shows. Featured on both warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Still the darkness and the rising. Featured on danaglinsmith.com. Choosing life and blessing instead of judgment. America's prophecy is a harbinger of portent. Loving the, loving the brethren in Christ Jesus. America House of Long Shadows Featured on Warren-USA.com Children of God Book of Romans Part 16 Antichrist Terror Faith Advocacy Gospel Report Shaking Nations Advocacy Amidst Global Lawlessness Day of Indignation comes Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 88, on Battle Lines. And don't miss these Warren Radio episodes from November 1st through the 3rd. Wednesday's Advocacy Show, King of Kings, Coming King, Middle East, Iran, Israel, Spiritual Warfare, Gospel. Thursday's Battle Lines, his Glory Upon You, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 195. Friday, Sound the Shofar, Kingdom War and the Coming King, Stand Therefore, Part 10. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising. The Rising is a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana G. Smith. There's Danger and Intrigue. Dark forces plotting. The nation as it is at risk. Can Mac save the United States? Everything was okay, or so they thought. A truth so unbelievable, it took a miracle to fight back. Don't miss the rising. And the rising continues the story of Mac, a former black ops sniper, and details the takeover of America. Hidden within the storyline of The Rising is the truth of what's happening in America now. And you can get your copy of The Rising by going to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Ingram, Walmart, Angus & Robertson, and many more. And the Rising ebook can be found on Google Play. And you can also get your copy of The Rising by going to danaglinsmith.com. And while on the site, be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter and visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. (laughs) 
Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to be here on this Wednesday, November 8th, 2023. It is. How be it? There's a lot of trouble in this old world. But we have hope. And we pray for the hope of others, that others will have hope in Christ Jesus. So today, we're looking at up front the House of Long Shadows. You know, a lot of these articles, <clears throat> over the years I've gathered quite a few articles that uh, I have written and I write more. And they're geared for one purpose. To reach people, to warn them, to get them where they need to be. Redemptive. And the America House of Long Shadows. You know, there's a lot of people, they could read this. It'll go right over their head. Because... What we have in America is so much pride that it blinds people from the judgment. Well, American, America House of Long Shadows, it not only stands as a testament, but it is a testament to both men and nations. And when I say men, I mean the collective of the male and female sexes. And within this article lies the truth. In the House of Long Shadows, we find an epitaph in America. There's a lot of people that would like an epitaph quicker because they hate this country. And you can tell that people hate America. They're prideful. I've never seen so much division in America in my life. This is no more America and Tower can verify it. You see, we were in the real America. Yeah, I miss it. Yeah. Not anything like the real America, what you see today. It's a tragedy. Very, very tragic. So we find an epitaph in the House of Long Shadows, and we're talking about America. We find an America whose house is filled with sin and rebellion. This is a house with a vibrant and chilling tale of beginning. But today it is a house that is divided and a people whose long shadows cast darkness over the land. And you know, when I wrote this, and I wrote this some time ago, you know, when you look at what's happening today, You can say that people today who are filled with pride, and America is filled with pride, people are casting long shadows, and these shadows form darkness over the land. Sadly, this is the generation of Americans who gave away America. They forsook the Lord God and sold themselves into bondage because of their sins. Yes, that's you, America. A house 
that had a vibrant and chilling tale of beginning. But now you see a hard, dark shadow over the land. It's very sad. See, and today is a time of reflection, repentance, and hope. Here we want to believe that somehow, some way, the people in America will find the true light. But with Biden in the White House, who allows multitudes to cross our borders, America's fate is becoming sealed by the day. And you might think you will escape. More than likely you will die. Because we have people that just hate other people. Will this be the final word one day of a great nation? It will be said... We have sold ourselves, our land, and our heritage to our personal lusts and vendettas and sins. And again, let me repeat that this is the generation of Americans who gave away America. Under the leadership of politicians and pundits, America opened its borders, changed their laws, brought in thousands of foreigners, the majority of which were young Muslim men who sought to take over America for their God. The generations of Americans were in rebellion against the Lord. They were lawless in their hearts and did abominations before the Lord and would not repent. The justice that came took time, and although there were those who fought hard to stop the flood, the sins in the heart of men and women were the reason this occurred. For Americans had sold themselves and their country into catastrophe. Now reflect with me considering the possibilities if these things were not so. But at the same time consider what happened if this were true. In Job chapter 10 verses 20 and 22 Job reflects, Are not my days few? Cease then and let me alone, that I may take comfort a little. Before I go, whence I shall not return, even to the land of darkness, the shadow of death. A land of darkness as darkness itself, and of the shadow of death without any order, and where the light is as darkness. This has been a little introduction to one of our featured articles, America House of Long Shadows, by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. We have a lot of radio shows and a long-running show in Isaiah. The Warren radio shows are hosted by the watchman Dana G. Smith and Tower, who is co-host. The WIBR Warren Radio websites and ministries is an in-depth biblical teaching, preaching, and warning agency in these last days. And for those who don't know, our scripture usually is the KJV, unless we tell you otherwise. The work and ministry of the WIPR Warren Radio is about the testimony of Jesus Christ through the faith of Jesus Christ. By the mercy of God our Father through his grace extended, flowing from the love of God to all people everywhere, commanding everyone to repent. And every week we feature an article and we give you an introduction to it and read, you, read it to you. This has been the introduction <coughs> excuse me, to the America House of Long Shadows, the generation that gave away America. And you are eyewitnesses. You know, that's stark when you really look at it. It is. What people don't realize is we're talking about them. 
can be downright depressing if you know if you don't know the Lord. Well, you don't miss him if you don't believe in him, right? Yeah. At least until you stand before him. And then there's a whoops in there. You didn't take care of business. Yep. Now we're going to be talking about a couple of other things, but we're going to do kind of an intro. We're going to be talking about the 2023 persecutors of the year. It comes from International Christian Concern. And you know, personally, Tower, I think this report is more important than all the news that has been put out today. Now, isn't that just something to be proud of? To be on this list, the persecutors of the year report? Yeah, and that's what it is. Yeah. It's horrible. But we also know if there's a persecutor of the year, there's a persecuted of the year. And we are looking at the persecuted. And on our Wednesday show, which is today, our focus is on the persecuted church. And by the way, there are a lot of Muslims who today are Christian. A lot of Hindus as well. Because there's a real, true, and living God and the Son of God who saves men. And we have of his spirit and his word. And you will find out when the time comes that unless you know Yahshua, Jesus Christ our Lord, as Lord and Savior, you will die in your sins. This comes out of Washington, International Christian Concern has released its uh, 2023 Persecutor of the Year report. It's an 88-page report, and wow. we try to look at it every year. A lot, a lot of those of us who are in this arena of work pay attention to these things. This report will name the countries it will name the entities, groups, and individuals responsible for harassing, imprisoning, torturing, assassinating Christians for practicing their faith. There are about 200 to 300 million persecuted Christians worldwide. That's just and these are the ones that International Christian Concern fights for. And they have a three-pronged approach. Number one, we expose the evils of the persecutors in this report to awaken the West and encourage legislators to take action against those that jail, torture, and assassinate individuals for their religious beliefs. This report, the 2023 Persecutors of the Year, is a resource designed to support and protect Christians, regardless of denomination or sect. But it is also, it also supports all religious peoples that are denied their God-given right to religious freedom, according to Jeff King, president of ICC. Now, he brings up several flashpoints for this year. Pakistan, where a 5,000-strong mob of radical Muslims destroyed two dozen churches and hundreds of homes in the Christian enclave of Jaranwala. In Nigeria, millions of Christians have suffered attacks from radical Muslims for the last 20 years, resulting in a death toll that may be as high as 1 million and the loss of three and a half million farms. Just... Across the globe, our brothers and sisters can be imprisoned or killed simply for identifying as a follower of Jesus. They are legally prevented from telling others about their faith 
and anti-conversion and blasphemy laws are used to falsely charge Christians with crimes. Now this report includes the countries of Nigeria, North Korea, India, and many more. It also targets groups like the Allied Democratic Forces, Al-Shabaab, Fulani militants, the, the Sahel terror groups, the Taliban, the Tatmada, that's the Burmese army. The individuals cited are Yogi Adinanth, I've never Xi heard of Jinping, him. and Kim Jong-un. Now, Xi is an ongoing persecutor in China, and Kim Jong is an ongoing persecutor of Christians in North Korea. These two are permanent. They're professional. <laughs> they get, they're in charge of their countries, and that's what they do. It's unconscionable. Now this incredible report all this stuff is re is a result of thousands of hours of detailing analyzing and catalog cataloging these reports. So we're not going to go through all the reports today but we will start with a few. And uh, the thing here When we really, you know, when you, when you really look at it, when you really see what's happening. The sources of persecution, understanding persecution, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 6.12 Now that is the God's honest biblical truth. Marxism In communist countries like Cuba, China, Vietnam, Laos, and North Korea, Christians are targeted because of their allegiance to Christ instead of their Marxist regimes. Radical Islam. Fundamentalist Islam is intolerant towards other faith. And Christians suffer greatly in radical Muslim countries such as Egypt, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, and Indonesia. Discrimination. Christian persecution occurs because of social and cultural discrimination. Human beings in general are afraid and intolerant of that which is different. Types of persecution. There's direct. That's arrests, torture, imprisonment. Assassination and martyrdom. Attacks on life and property. Restrictions on churches and Bibles. Forced conversions. Crimes against women. Now indirect persecution is through education and discrimination, job discrimination. We see this a lot in India and Pakistan. Denial of rights, we see it a lot. Legal restrictions, we see that a lot. So when we talk about all this and we look at what International Christian Concern does, they deal with all these issues. Now, they're an advocate, and we're an advocate. But the advocacy of international Christian concern is global in scale. And they have a big pocketbook, lots of supporters. 
And what we do is advocate and we go over the stories, we tell people and inform them, which are those who listen to our broadcasts. And then we turn around and tell them who they can support, which is those that we're featuring that day. International Christian Concern is one of those we tell people to support. We don't get paid for this. We don't want money for this. We do these things in order to help the persecuted church. And so there's the advocacy that they do, which is real important, and they are located in D.C. And a lot of them are, are where they can get to uh, the legislature quickly. They assist. Now this is one of the things we like is that we can point people out to groups like this International Christian Concern for assistance in stuff. And if we come across you know, somebody in one of our articles or stories and they're needing help we can refer them to the proper party. And they awaken. That's by telling people. They awaken through this report, for instance. Now, ICC sees themselves as being agile. They're fast and nimble. Integrity, they've got a five-star charity navigator rating. They've been in the ministry for 28 years. They work at long-term care because when you leave, you still got people that need help, even when you have brought them some help. It's long-term. Ministry first. They put ministry before fundraising, serving the Lord and the persecuted. And ICC has about 50 worldwide staff, half in D.C. and half spread throughout the world. Now, now, as we go through that, we're going to be making a few statements and we may discuss various things here. Tower and I, we are talking about Nigeria. In 128 days, spanning from March 4th to July 6th, 55 separate attacks resulted in the deaths of 549 Christians from reports gathered by ICC alone. Radical Muslim terror groups such as Boko Haram and the Fulani militants have waged a 20-year genocide against Christians in Nigeria. Christian men, women, and children are brutally kidnapped, tortured, and killed every week in Nigeria. The adoption of Sharia criminal law in 12 northern states has contributed to the ongoing persecution of Christians in the region. The Nigerian government and much of the international community continued to deny religious motivation behind ongoing violence despite the clear targeting of Christians and churches. You know, the bottom line of it is, is whether the world acknowledges the plight of Nigerian Christians or not. The country has become a burial ground for Christians. And unfortunately, we see this in a lot of places. The state of the church, there are approximately 100 million Christians in Nigeria. With steady growth and regional pockets of them. They're able to worship per publicly, and attacks are in the northern region. The sources of persecution is terrorist groups, Sharia law, and governmental orders. The total population is 200, little over 218 million. And within Nigeria, 50% are Muslim, 48.1% <laughs> is Christian. 
and just that little bit of difference and the Christians are at the bottom. They, they're the ones that get persecuted. So Nigeria is a country torn by decades of violence. From large organized terror groups to small disconnected communal militias. The violence in Nigeria is endemic. Sitting between the Christian majority south and the Muslim majority north. The central middle belt region is home to much of the violence. Their communities clash over resources, ethnic animosity, and religion every day. Christians experience a disproportionate share of the killings and kidnapping, turning the country into a dangerous place to live. This year saw numerous horrific atrocities committed against Christians. Suspected Muslim terrorists attacked and burned a Catholic seminary in Kaduna State and killed a young seminarian who was trapped in the fire. More than 20 people of the helping village in Plateau State were murdered by suspected uh, radical Fulani militants one night in August. In April, a mass burial was held for 33 Christians killed during an attack against um, a village there in a part of Kaduna State. In the north, the radical Islamic insurgency is aligned with Islamic State and is waging an effective war against government forces. Preying on the weak and desperate, the insurgency has killed thousands and displaced many more since militarizing in 2011. Sadly, international efforts to bolster anti-terror operations in Nigeria have thus far proved ineffective. That's very disturbing. Isn't it? March 2023, more than 35 people were killed in March alone. And that was to discourage Christians from voting for a Christian candidate in the election cycle. March 10th, Boko Haram killed more than 30 fishermen and farmers in a terrorist attack in Borneo State. March 12th through 17th, Christians killed in six days through coordinated attacks by the Fulani militants. May 19th, at least 100 Christians killed in one week attack spread across 16 villages in Kaduna State. This is just terrible. Terrible. Yeah, Due to violence conducted by Islamic State, West Africa province, the most active official terrorist group in the region, Nigeria replaces Iraq as a country where the Islamic State is claiming the highest number of operations with thousands of deaths and more than 2 million people displaced in the region. That was in June of 2023. The Islamic State West African province attacks a military convoy, resulting in the death of 20 Nigerian soldiers. June 16th, suspected gunmen killed a Catholic priest in Abuja while walking outside. Well, they don't stop. A Christian, the Christian Association of Nigeria says, I want to advise the present government to maintain balance and keep close to constitution irrespective of the religious belief of those in government. The government should respect the constitution of Nigeria because if the government breaks the constitution of Nigeria on religion alone, they have already opened the door for lawlessness in the society. That's right. And so I've got to take a look. I don't think we have time for any more.
Yeah, we should have. Okay. Let me take a look at this one. We do have another one. And the next one is North Korea. Once again, Nigeria's Christian community is suffering at the hands of radical Fulani militants. And once again, rather than intervening, the Nigerian government continues to turn a blind eye to the violence. Aiding and abetting the ongoing genocide, no longer can this trend of violence be dismissed as com complicated. Regional conflict over land rights. The government's inaction on this matter is inexcusable, and the violence will only worsen unless the international community steps in. That's a quote by Jeff King, ICC president. See, so you got to do something with it. You do. You know, you, you got to do more than just say, you know, gee golly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nigeria is arguably the most dangerous place to live to be a Christian in the world today. In the north, a very hostile group of Muslim extremists have attacked and devastated the minority population of Christians. In the Middle Belt, armed Islamic terrorists known as Fulani militants have been killing Christians and stealing their land at a prodigious rate for the last 20 years. Between the mass murder and land stealing, millions of Christians have been displaced. Since May of 2011, Boko Haram alone has been recorded as being responsible for more than 38,000 deaths. Nigerian leaders tell the West that this is a complicated problem between herders and farmers with tribal overlays. But the truth is that we are witnessing a genocide of Christians in the North and Middle Belt accompanied by an immense land grab. And so I'm going to stop there. You can read more of any of these things by going to ICC, that is persecution.org, looking for their report for 2023 of the persecuted and next week we will be talking about North Korea and uh, we're going to try to do a little excerpt of it this one had Nigeria we've been personally covering Nigeria for a long time and everything that I've read today you know we we, we have covered it we have worked on it so that's just what can you say oh, I know it's, it's just gut wrenching and unbelievable but Nigeria is the number one persecutor they get the award for being number one Yeah. above North Korea that's yeah. surprising so we will look at that as we go forward and see how many we're going to cover because there are a few of them we want to cover because we get a lot of we do a lot of stuff in that and uh, are you ready for yours yes this is the Pakistan brick kiln part one and this comes to us from international concern and you uh, Dana just said you can um, Visit them at persecution.org. In the heart of Pakistan, where diversity is celebrated and cultural richness flows through the veins of its people, a sinister reality lays hidden, a reality that strikes at the core of humanity. Hundreds of thousands of families have endured generations of servitude with the unforgiving bonds of the brick kilns. Let us journey into the shadows of their existence, where despair and exploitation intertwine, leaving behind scars that time cannot heal. Amid the breathtaking tapestry of Pakistan's cultural diversity and linguistic richness 
lies a heart-wrenching tale of suffering and struggle that often goes unnoticed in the shadows of urban areas where the roar of progress deafens the cries of the mar marginalized, the brick-kiln workers of Pakistan toil in a relentless cycle of despair. Pakistan boasts a mix of 512 ethnic groups and 74 language groups, a reflection of its vibrant soul. Amid this diversity, however, lies a dark tale of around 20,000 brick, ki brick kilns that dot the landscape, predominantly congregating near the urban areas. Within the blasting heart of these kilns, 4.5 million souls toil, producing a staggering 1,000 bricks each day for a mere pittance of 960 rubies. The kilns blaze at temperatures reaching a scorching 1,000 degrees Celsius or 212 degrees Fahrenheit. These brick kiln laborers, often unseen and unheard, are among the most marginalized and vulnerable in Pakistan, lacking skills and resources. They labor under dire conditions, deprived of necessities such as health care, education, and sanitation, their grueling workdays, which can stretch up to an 12 agonizing hours, yield meager wages, sometimes as low as 700 rupees per day. Temporary shelters, their only refuge, offer scant ventilation and expose them to the threats of fire and accidents. A seemingly innocuous loan sets in motion a cycle of bondage that clenches generations in its cruel grip. The workers ensnared in this web of exploitation are kept in shadows, their account hidden from their eyes. For these millions who suffer, hopelessness stretches before them, an unending abyss of mystery, misery. Debt spirals like a storm gathering momentum, swallowing families whole. Illnesses, inclement weather, deaths, marriages, and births, the very fabric of life, force these workers into the jaws of the insidious trap. Falling sick or bearing a child becomes an iron chain, tethering them to the kilns until debts are repaid. The borrowed sum of the 500 rupees inflates to a thousand rupees on paper, guaranteeing the perpetuation of poverty. High interest loans, corrupt officials, superstitious, surreptitious deductions, and doctored accounts cripple these laborers for further while their already desperate lives their desperate living conditions degrade even further an agonizing helplessness blankets them as debts debts escalate year after year families torn apart lives shattered some surrender paying the ultimate price of despair through suicide and that's the end of part one, and that is via persecution.org, International Con Christian Concern. You know. <clears throat> oh, I just pray that God will send a ray of hope in yeah. the midst of that darkness. Well, you know, there will be one day, but right now they need help. and They do. You know, I, I mean, yeah, it, it just... Look at this next one. We're talking about Ukraine. And uh, we're bringing this up. We're not talking about Zelensky here. And we're not talking about money to Ukraine to keep the war going. We're talking about the people that are caught in Ukraine that need help right now. Now... The question is up front. Can you help our displaced and suffering brothers and sisters survive a bitterly cold winter in Ukraine? Now, Nast Na uh, Nastya, an elderly Christian from Poltava in eastern Ukraine, 
Bread was the only thing that she and her husband had left, and this is what she has to say. My husband and I have been living without clean water and bread for the last four days. We don't have any more power, and almost everything is damaged. Remember, the, the war is going on around yeah. them. As their bitter cold fast approaches, Christian families, most of them displaced from their homes, are faced by a winter without shelter, warmth, or food. Young children and the elderly are especially vulnerable. Our project partner on the ground out there explained to Barnabas last week, there are many houses without any source of power, no gas or electricity. Now here they show a fire with some Christians round the fire, just one little stove. And that stove was provided by Barnabas to warm them up and keep them from freezing. Christians displaced by the war and sudden changes in the front line in Ukraine are trying to survive. They have sought shelter in churches or been taken into the homes of others who are already poor and struggling. So they need the basic food, they need firewood, they need a wood-burning stove. They could use a whole container. So I'm here living in America telling you about people overseas. And uh, we have our a list that that uh, we give to over there. But the needs are great. Don't send any money to us regarding this. You go to BarnabasAid.org and donate to them and they will tell you, you know, uh, what you can provide for them. You know, what can you say? You know, these, these people want to want to live they don't want to starve to death and you got Zelensky and Russia you know continuing to in a stupid war you know how does Zelensky get food every time I see him you know I mean he's well fed he's living a life of luxury on the American dollar I mean we need food over there they need food over there I wish we could just snap our fingers and send it over. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and the money there's the United States is sending is going towards the war, or I think patting the pocket of Zelensky. And I and I feel for these people. I do too. Caught right in the middle of a war. And I hate winter, and so I am just really disturbed about this. I don't like being cold either, and now all these people are nope. suffering like that. And and Nastia does have one of those Barnabas Aid heaters right there in the picture. Father, we pray that you'll help out Nastia and a lot of the other Ukrainians. Winter is approaching. They need help. I pray, Lord, that you would open this up to where people can see the need. They need to go to BarnabasAid.org and donate to Ukraine. In Jesus' name, make a way for them. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Father. I stand in agreement. That's just too sad. You know, (laughs) this one makes me laugh. You know, we've got real needs here. And you know what this one's about? Soros' long cash arm. And it's not against America in this article. It is against Israel. (laughs) Doesn't George Soros have something better to do with his money than to cause trouble with America and Israel and anybody else he doesn't like? Because they use their money, you know, in a political way 
to destroy what they don't like. But if he could use that money to help people that are freezing and starving to death, that would be a better use of your money, yes, George Soros. Yes, it Sorrow. would. In a stunning revelation, the New York Post has unleashed an expose that can only be described as a shocking indictment of George Soros and his son Alex. Now, see, it's not shocking to me because I already know what George Soros does. Yeah. The duo, through their Open Society Foundations, by the way, this comes from PatriotClash.com. Well, through the Open Society, Soros and his son Alex have been funneling millions into radical organizations, including pro-Hamas groups that stand against Israel. So now we know how come Hamas and its leaders have $11.1 billion extra, and they live in a lap of luxury in these places they've got set up. Well, their people are um, living in poverty and dying because yeah. they think they're going to go to, you know, they're involved in this war thinking they're going to get killed and go to paradise. Well, you know, the best thing you can do for them is shoot them and get them to paradise quicker. But it ain't going to be their kind of paradise. Since 2016, it is estimated they have pumped over 15 million into these or various organizations wow. that turn around and give money to radical organizations. And, you know, where there's a yin, a yang, there's a yang. And where there's goodness, there's evil. Where there's a God that saves, there's a God that's evil. One of the primary recipients was the Tide Center, a left-wing radical group. They received $13.7 million. Unbelievable. And they support controversial nonprofits that have justified, openly justified, Hamas's terrorist attacks on Israel. And uh, the Adalia Justice Product, uh, Project, the one, and they had gotten money from Soros. They posted a photo of a bulldozer tearing down Israel's border fence alongside anti-Israel statements. They put that up on Instagram. Isn't that funny how that stuff can get put up on yeah. Instagram? And then another recipient received $30,000 in 2020. And they sponsored a rally where 139 people were arrested. And Soros is funding these groups who are not just anti-Israel, but they're pro-terrorists. So this, this is just like George Soros. So this is just another place where they have, you know, here's one since 1984, they've given over $32 billion worldwide. Well, we know where a lot of that has gone into the United States. And George Soros stands against Israel. Well, George Soros also was involved with Hitler. So it's not surprising he hates Israel. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit of Hitler's hatred for the Jews rubbed off on him, you think? Possibly. Without a doubt, probably. You know, uh, we can do a couple of things here, but I was thinking if you wanted to read part two. Yeah, because I don't think we have time for much else. Okay, then we'll go ahead. Okay, let me... This Nambia. Is... Oh, I thought we were going to... Oh, I was... are you going to do it? Yeah, because I don't think we have time for anything else. So if I do this... Okay, I you wanna... go ahead and do it then. Okay, Pakistan's Brick Kiln Part 2 from 
worldpersecution.org International Christian Concern. A generation held captive. The Global Slavery Index bears witness to an alarming truth. Nearly 90% of these workers are ensnared in forced labor, even though it's illegal to employ those under 16. Almost 70% are bonded laborers in Pakistan. Of bonded laborers in Pakistan are children, robbed of their innocence and potential. These young souls trade classrooms for kilns. Their education sacrificed on the altar of servitude. Remote brick kilns hidden away in Pakistan's rural heart elude scrutiny and regulation, festering in obscurity. Workers live in squalor, the very soil they manipulate to mold bricks, giving rise to skin diseases. Billowing black smoke releases toxic fumes, triggering asthma, tuberculosis, and a grim array of affliction. Kiln, Kiln owners, joined by corrupt officials, keep these workers shackled, wielding the law as a weapon against those they oppress. The children of kilns, a stolen future. Innocence shattered, childhood stolen. The children of these kilns live lives robbed of the most basic rights. No church, no Sunday school, no formal education. Instead, they inherit the skill of brickmaking. They lack toys, their laughter silenced as they endured a life denied its natural course. Opportunities for growth are, luxuri- are luxuries, Cap- a capacity-building training, a distant dream. We're going to have to close. Okay. Um, child laborers thrive in this unforgiving ab- environment with the International Labor Exor- Organization, estimating a grim reality. 4.2 million children in Pakistan, hands that should hold pencils instead wield tools of toil. A relentless cycle of labor lasting up to 16 hours a day stills their youth, leaving them with salt paltry earnings, sometimes as little as 300 rubies. So um, please remember to pray for your brothers and sisters that are suffering, these brick kiln workers. We thank you for joining us tonight. We love you. We always hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. Please pray for your brothers and sisters around the world. And we pray for you, and please pray for us. And we love you, and we thank you for all you do for the Lord. Good night, everybody. Now, for that story that uh, Tower just read, you can go to International Christian Concern. And this is where this particular thing on the brick kilns came from. And that is persecution.org, and you can get into their ways to give. And you can find uh, things in there about the brick kill. Uh, and this this has been going on for a long time. And there are ministries that actually pay to get these workers unbonded and free. Don't forget to go by our websites at warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. And don't forget, check out my book, The Rising, or my other book, Steal the Darkness. Go to our websites and get one of the books. Uh, The Rising is the one we're talking about. And uh, read it and let us know what you think. Take care of yourselves. Be blessed. Pray for the persecuted church. And may you and your family be blessed. May you be safe. In these end of days, these are perilous times. Look to the Lord. He is more than able to care for you and, and keep you safe. Until next time, shalom, everybody. May God bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you. Good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.